yeah, these droids. About three or four seasons. They're up for sale if you want them. Uh-huh. You don't need to see his identification. I didn't ask to see his identification. These are not the droids you're looking for. Who said we were looking for droids? He can go about his business. All right, fine. He can go about his business. Now answer my partner's question. We can go about our business. What are you doing with your hands? Business. Come on, old-timer. Just settle down. Move along. All right, all right. Move along, move along. What the hell is that? Old, that's old Ben. He's crazier than a shithouse womp rat. Uh, anyway, check out what I got in the mail from Jed's Toy Hut. Oh, man. That's a Phantom Menace electronic battle droid blaster rifle. Has electronic light and sound, light-up barrel and weapon sounds for the movies, light-up laser action, targeting scope, realistic movie styling, made by Hasbro and long out of production, and requires two AA batteries. But you took it out of the package. I, I like playing with my stuff, but if you force-strangled your inner child and want to keep everything open, unopened, fine. Jet's Toy Hut goes above and beyond to get it to you in tip-top shape. Seven box sizes, hand-packed, and they use whatever it takes to make sure your item never moves. That's awesome. Actually, I think those were the droids we were looking for. What? Hey! Halt! Or shoot! Run blaster, man. Toyhut.com. All too easy. When it comes to bacon, the five-second rule always applies. I'm Kevin Leeson. Kite surfing and you run out of wind? That's a two on the doomometer. Oh, then you're attacked by sharks. Okay, we'll make it five. I'm Chris Stewart. Two balls in the hand is worth a trip to the morgue. I'm Joe Fulgham. Does this empanada taste like babysitter to you? I'm Torn Atkinson. All this and more on today's... Caustic Soda! Bam! Follow-up's eight. Wah. What's, a, what's the sound for follow-upping? Um, Double. <laughs> the breathless stalker following <laughs> up behind you. Mm-hmm. I like that. Stewie's back. Hello. Hey, hey. Stewie. So uh, what's it like working on the family guy? <laughs> what should we talk about? Deformity? No. Let's talk about... This, wait, self-surgery, self-surgery. What is this? Is, this is like Stewie's Choice follow-ups, yeah, right? Stewie's Choice. Uh-huh. That's right. It's a mixtape of horror <laughs> and disgust. I heard you had to self-surgerize yourself in some way. Ooh, I did. anecdotes. I love it. So for years, like I'm, I'm a bigger guy and Vancouver's very humid. And so after a lifetime where sweating and all that wasn't a problem, summer times were now kind of a problem. Like, this is uncomfortable. The- this is the old deodorant versus antiperspirant uh, debate. Debate, yeah. Okay. And I have the medical reason why I'm on the 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 deodorant, deodorant side, side of the equation. Okay. Yes. So I'm using like uh, a brand name. I know the particular brand name. Let's just leave it out, sort of thing. Yeah. But a popular and nice smelling um, antiperspirant, white zinc based antiperspirant. Got it. And I'm I use it for years. Not a problem. The worst of it is, you know, putting on a black T-shirt. Oh, shit, I got it all over my T-shirt. Whatever, that sort of thing. <laughs> and then one day, I get out of the shower, and I'm like, uh, uh, drying up. What, what the hell is that? And there's a small 
painful lump under my arm. And I have oh, it's breast the, cancer. I have the thirty <laughs> seconds of freak out because there's nodes there and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, this is never good. When there's yeah. lumps in like under your arms or in your like under your neck or other, or in your groin could be the bubonic the groin. Break. Yes, exactly. I, there are very few lumps under the skin that I think are positive. <laughs> <Very> <laughs> positive, but there are some hot spots where there is. They're some, very bad. Yeah, and I'm like. Moving it around and it's it is it is not <laughs> solid. It is moving around. Oh, and it's not super painful. It's just a little twinge when I move it around and all mm. that. So I'm like, what the hell? And it's it's an alien. Obvi- it's it an alien. It's quite obviously movable. Like I I think I have. It's a xenomorph. I have some sort of abscess or something. Like what the hell Assist. happened here? Assist. I don't know. And it's under all the skin. Like it's under there too. Like so when I you give it a squeeze, like just to try to get the shape, <laughs> there is a significant amount of skin on top of it. But I'm okay. like, this one has got to go. And this wasn't a go see the doctor thing, which is probably <laughs> stupid. Yeah. It sounds like the kind of thing you might want to consult no, no. a physician. If you're with. if you're late twenties, slightly stupid slash daring and own an exacto knife, you're fine. All right. Uh, daring is not the word I would have used. And let me to just go on record. This. Let me just go on record as saying you're not fine. Go see a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Don't do don't do me. Yeah. But the, I, I basically I basically Santa's like whatever. Okay, I'm not an idiot and I am slightly daring. So we can subtitle this episode Don't Do What Stewie Does. Don't do does. what Stewie does. <laughs> but what Stewie did was uh, rubbing alcohol. Yeah. Stewie's been had needles enough times, you know, swab off the area. So I sanitized the knife. An exacto knife because it has the very very sharp point to it, right? Did you use the hash knife from the stove? No, I did not. <laughs> and I just gave it a little a little jab up sort of thing in there, and then that kind of put a bit of a hole in it. And I'm like, it didn't. It, nothing's happening. I'm like, fiddle with it, fiddle, fiddle, fiddle. And it was this is the disturbing part: a very large pop, a pop, a, a pop, uh-huh. pop. Wow, uh, uh-huh. and, and uh, sort of a pop bleh, into my hand. <laughs> was was the blood you reacting to <laughs> a pop coming from? It, and I, I I pull my hand away, and it is exactly like cyst zit sort of thing. There's there's lymph. There's a little bit of like there's the white of of you know your immune system at yeah, work. Right, uh-huh, a little bit of blood, like uh-huh. to be expected. And right running through the middle of it is a metallic. Sheen, like there's a ribbon of metallic particulates. We can mine you for minerals for zinc at any rate. I want the mineral rights on Stewie's armpits. So I have no, I have no, like I said, I didn't go to a doctor, so there's no real. The only thing I can figure out is obviously it's some combination of underarm hair residue getting into a a hair follicle or a a, you know a a gland or a pore or something, and it just built up over time. Were you never actually tempted when you had this thing in your hand to say maybe I should? Take this to a medical professional. Well, no, because like I, I like I said, it's not it's not a cyst. Cysts look a particular way, right? Um, it's it was very much an abscess. It was a, it was an inf- an affected pocket. All right. And like I said, I, I I popped it, swabbed it all up again, and it's fine. It's been fine ever since. What You're- size of band aid did you use? Uh, <laughs> and it was a butterfly, one? perhaps a little too small. All right. yeah. <laughs> butterfly style. Come back, zinc. Come back. <laughs> I've got a follow up for parasites. Theodore Nash sees only a few dozen patients a year in his clinic at the National Institute of Health in Bethesda, Maryland. That's pretty small as medical practices go, but what his patients lack in number they make up for in the intensity of their symptoms. Some fall into comas, some are paralyzed down one side of their body, others can't walk in a straight line. Still others come to Nash partially blind or with so much fluid in their brain that they need shunts implanted to relieve the pressure. Some lose the ability to speak, many fall into violent seizures. Underneath this panoply of symptoms is the same cause. Each brain contains one or more whitish blobs. 
You might guess that these are tumors. They're tapeworms. Oh, brain tapeworms? Yep. These parasitic worms are best known in their adult stage when they live in people's intestines, and their ribbon-shaped bodies can grow as long as 21 feet. But that's just one stage in the animal's life cycle. Uh, So wait, tapeworms can get into your brain? That's right. How does that happen? Before they become adults, tapeworms spend time as larvae in large cysts, and those cysts can end up in people's brains, causing a disease known as neurocyst isercosis. Right. Now, those cysts are normally part of its lifestyle in the pig. Yeah. Right? Right. Okay. And so it just like gets in your bloodstream and like floats up to the brain? Uh, That's exactly right. The alarming illness occurs when tapeworm larvae lose their way. Normally, tenea solium, which is the uh, scientific name for these tapeworm, Uh has a life cycle that takes it from pigs to humans and back to pigs again. Adult tapeworms living in the intestines of humans produce up to 50,000 eggs apiece. The eggs are shed in the infected person's feces. Pigs swallow these eggs accidentally as they rummage for food on the ground where you have pooed, I guess. Mm -hmm. When the parasite eggs reach a pig's stomach, larvae hatch and burrow their way into the animal's bloodstream. Eventually, they end up lodged in small blood vessels, typically in the animal's muscles. Right. There they form cysts and wait until their host is eaten by a human. Public service announcement. Cook your pork. Make sure you cook your pork. Uh Yeah. (laughs) But sometimes tapeworms take a wrong turn. Instead of going into a pig, the eggs end up in a human. This can occur if someone shedding tapeworm eggs shits on your salad. Is this what that that, um, horror movie Wrong Turn was about? Because this sounds more horrifying than probably (laughs) that movie was, I would imagine. When the egg hatches, the confused larva does not develop into an, into an adult in the human's intestines. Instead, it acts as it would have inside a pig. It burrows into the person's bloodstream and gets swept throughout the body. All right, okay. The tapeworm larva often gets stuck in fluid-filled cavities in the brain, sprouting grape-like extensions. In this way, the worm actively cloaks itself from immune cells. Protected and well-fed, its cysts can thrive there for years. As a tapeworm cyst grows, it may push against a region of the brain and disrupt its function. It may get stuck in a passageway, blocking the flow of cerebral spinal fluid, causing hydrocephalus, or water on the brain. Along with dangerously high pressure, a resulting brain hernia can result in stupor, coma, or death. Picture? Uh-huh. Uh! Oh! Uh, is that a brain? That's yeah. a brain. How many tapeworms are in this brain? Start counting. <laughs> so is each one of those holes one? A cyst, yeah. A cyst hole. What the? How much pork, infected pork, did this person eat? <laughs> oh, my God. You didn't have to eat the whole pig? <laughs> if a tapeworm cyst doesn't cause trouble, it may go unnoticed for its entire life. Eventually, a tapeworm cyst that can't reach its adult stage will die. This signals the host's immune system. In many cases, the immune cells swiftly annihilate the revealed cyst, but often damage occurs. The the immune system's attack can cause the surrounding brain tissue to swell with inflammation. For reasons unknown, a calcified cyst can keep triggering these immune reactions for years after the parasite's death. Oh, wow, man. Is there any way to remove it? Is it inoperable? Like, what do you do? What do you do in the case of a a, a tapeworm cyst? Like, they're going to this this doctor's clinic in Bethesda, Maryland. They They have found medication, if I recall correctly. The treatment... 
but it's but there's a there's a bit of a twist. Oh, is this there's like, an M Night Shyamalan twist? Do you dangle a piece of uh, meat in front of their <laughs> nose and it, like crawls out of their yeah, brain? Maybe. You know, looking for, uh, for greener pastures, so to speak. Uh, a great step forward came in the mid '80s when Preziquantel, the first drug available to kill tapeworm larvae in the brain, became available. But Prez- that's a very specific drug, by the way. <laughs> yeah, but Prazequantel proved too effective. It not only kills tapeworms, but also triggers an immune reaction that causes brain swelling. Paradoxically, we produce the disease we want to treat, Nash says. <laughs> so, hold on. So, brain swelling is caused by the cyst. The drug kills the cyst, but then the causes side effect brain is brain swelling. swelling. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right. So, that's not exactly a uh, you know stellar solution yeah. to the issue. Uh, over the years, Nash and others refined the treatment by combining uh, prazoquantil with other drugs that uh, tamp down the immune system. It's ah. Far from perfect, it's however. A little, little cocktail. The cocktail approach. Uh-huh. It still requires uh, years of care, for seizures, and other symptoms. This uh, infection is exactly what was revealed at the end of the pilot episode of House to be the problem. Oh, there you go. That she had uh, tapeworms that had made their way into her brain. Tapeworms oh, in the brain. Look at that. So if Hollywood has taught us anything, this disease actually exists. <laughs> That's no, right. No, we just taught you. Not Hollywood. We just touched No, you. but House got to it first. <laughs> Why do I bother? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have a follow-up to Tentacles. Oh, yeah. That, was, that is one of my favorite all-time episodes. It's a good one. Uh, this is from uh, March 24th of 2012. I had a few people send this in, including Matt K. This is at Ogden Point Breakwater in Victoria, B.C., a uh, family was making their way out there. And as they were walking along, they saw a gull in the water, seagull. Right, they go in the its, water, they do it, that. It had its head down in the water. It looked like it was feeding on something in the water. Looking for fishies? Yeah, like it might have caught something. Passing was, minnows? Yeah, and they thought that was curious. So they went to see what it was getting. The mother had her camera in her hand. And the gull's head didn't come up from the water, and they noticed that there was a tentacle wrapped around its neck. So she started taking pictures. It was a giant Pacific octopus mm-hmm. uh-huh. that had managed to grab hold of a seagull at the surface right on the edge of the shore and was holding its head underwater to drown it. <laughs> and it was holding, apparently it was holding onto rocks underneath yeah. so the gull couldn't fly, fly away. away. So at its bottom tentacles were all gripping these rocks and it had two wrapped around its head and just holding it underwater till it drowned. This is awesome. It's fantastic. Uh, so there's some really great photos of this. Uh, apparently the gull was struggling, flapping its wings, attempting to break free, but could not. Uh, and because of the it holding onto the rocks at the bottom. So now we know who wins arm wrestling match between <laughs> yeah. gulls and octopi. Yeah, and eventually the struggling ceased. And when that happened, the rest of the tentacles came up out of the water, wrapped around it, and pulled it under. And we've got some photos that we're going to put up on the site of this. It almost looks like it's an octopus with wings. <laughs> because all you How can angelic. See- what what has to die for an octopus to get its wings? Oh, a seagull. A seagull. Yeah. <laughs> you have something for perfect murder? Mm. Well, I, well, to be honest, we could do another whole episode on murder just because you know yeah. people keep doing it. The long and the short of it is, is there's a it's kind of ongoing and it's a bit of a diplomatic uh, foofara, which is why I I brought it up. Diplomatic foofara. Okay. Well, this sounds promising. Well, maybe we should save this for the foofara episode. <laughs> Because there's going to be a that's lot. A bit, that's a bit broad. <laughs> uh, and okay, so what uh, what what's going on? The long and the short of it, because it is quite long. I'll see if I can go to the short. Is that there's a British citizen by the name of Neil Haywood, mm-hmm. uh, who was uh, found in southwestern China in the city of uh, Chongqing, 
Ooh, I like the Chinese. I got a I got a uh, restaurant right near my house called Chongqing. Good takeout. I'm trying to find out what he better was make there sure for. where they get their meat. <laughs> yeah. Perfect murder. The 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 way it I goes, should have known when it was called the uh, the Haywood Number One. The Haywood. I like I like that you say that. You just sit there grinning. <laughs> I look over. He's just grinning. <laughs> well, he's happy. He finally, got a pretty good one. Yeah. Uh, it happens so rarely. <laughs> So the, the, the gentleman of the British gentleman, uh, is found dead. The authorities say that they, you know, they did the autopsy he died from either excess drinking or of a heart attack bodies created without an autopsy. And there's some, it's we're in the process of where somebody's trying to get blood samples. Uh, there is blood samples from him that they are trying to get uh, tested and all that to try and find out what's going on. Because in the meantime, in the background through just investigation and all that, Wife of the city's Communist Party chief has been named the primary suspect in Haywood's death. How did that come about? Well, well, we don't know. We don't know why they why tried to happened. kill him, right? He, she or and or he, but she is under arrest, and she is she is under arrest. And what what has become fairly clear, which is why she's even more of a suspect, is that there's a lot of evidence, and this goes back, this is why it's a perfect murder follow-up, that you can get away with murder under certain circumstances, like if you've got some, if you, uh, if you're unknown to the victim and you can just kind of walk away and yeah, everything like to killers. look at you. That's why a lot of um, If you have the influence that can protect you or shield you, and that's kind of what was happening here. Right. They're still not sure what's going on, but it looks like she's killed the guy. Uh-huh. The husband, who's the Chinese party chief in the city... Was an accomplice? Well, an accomplice by basically then trying to bury it as fast as possible. Hence, the, the authorities come out and say, it was a heart attack or he drank himself to death or whatever. Oh, oh okay. So what's the autopsy the... results? There's no autopsy results. We cremated him right away. Oh, so it was an attempt it at a perfect... It was an attempt at a perfect murder. Right. And, and, just, and to be honest, you know what? Dying in, you know, in a, a, a Chinese back, a province, you know, where the Chinese head, or the communist head there... Is trying to bury your murder. Yeah, that that could have ended up perfect murder, but it, uh, yeah, it's, it's the truth surfaced somehow. The it's, issue that it resurfaced actually was the chief of police wanted to seek asylum and over he, it. Yeah, like he knew he more or less knew what was going on. He knew that there was a bunch of corruption, and so he, he went, went to, to the U.S. consulate, right? I believe, or the British, British consulate, consulate, I should say. He just b- b- tried to hang out there and get and, someone to talk to and. And and he wanted to spill the beans and say, I think you guys so. should look I think further into this. Yeah. And in return, I will give you my testimony if I don't get tried. And uh, But then eventually he left the consulate, and he hasn't been seen since. Really? Yeah. Perhaps that's the perfect murder. Uh, I believe their excuse was that he's on mental stress leave. At one of those, uh, one of those re-education camps that they te- keep taking the Falun Gong to. But it's taken a big step up that in the last I heard it, which is when I stumbled upon the story, was that now the British government was starting to make noises about sort this out. Right. Well, especially since now that they've actually arrested somebody and have her in custody. Yeah. Right. It's it's turning into a mild diplomatic uh, incident. Fufura. There. Fufura. A diplomatic mm-hmm. fufura. <laughs> Interesting. Do we want to roll on murder? Or? Yes, since we're in the perfect murder section. A New York mom, her, her daughter... Had cerebral palsy. and Her eight-year-old uh, daughter has cerebral palsy. Cerebral palsy. Uh-huh. And calls 911, and her daughter's having allergic reactions. She's terribly allergic to peanuts. But basically, in the call, basically starts to confess. Oh, it, in it, the 911 call? The, no, no, that it was basically a murder attempt, that she basically fed her daughter M&Ms. 
to peanut M Ms to give her the allergic reaction. And it, it, well, it worked. I mean, the the girl died, but this was at a at a uh, a wedding reception, I believe. Just prior to prior to the wedding. Yeah, yeah. The kid was supposed to be a flower girl. What a joyous family occasion to choose to try and kill your daughter at. Oh yes, and this is this is the bit I was trying to find here. So not only in the call was she making noises that because the police showed up at like due to the call, right? Of course, uh, found, when you call nine one one, the police have a tendency to show. They found the mother of Veronica Sorella lying on the floor near her daughter's body. She had allegedly tried to kill herself with a cocktail of insulin injections and painkillers, and then attempted to strangle herself with an electrical cord. She also left a suicide note detailing the events leading up to her daughter's death. Police say that she knew her daughter's allergic to peanuts, claims that she gave the girl a dose of Benadryl in order to counteract any allergic reactions before Sorella went to sleep. Sorella's mother-in-law discovered the two when she decided to check in to see how the wedding preparations were going. Okay, how pissed off would you be if this was your wedding and now all that anybody's going to remember about your wedding was this attempted murder-suicide? It is a very special day. I have a follow-up for Wrath. Ooh. One of our uh, Seven Deadly Sins episodes. April 2012. Haiku, H-A-I-K-O-U, in Hanan Province, China. Oh, is that what they invented, haikus? Yes, little known fact. A female scooter rider in Haiku City, China, killed a man in a fight by squeezing his testicles until he died. The incident happened during a dispute over parking space. The Chinese woman, 41, rode on a scooter to an elementary school okay. uh, to pick up her child. A okay. shop owner objected when she tried to park in front of his shop. On a scooter? Yes. Okay. Doesn't seem like a particularly objectionable thing. Kind of like, ah, it's a scooter. You know, it's kind of a pain, but it's a scooter. Who cares? The two soon fell into a quarrel as the woman insisted she would park her scooter. A shouting match developed into a physical confrontation, and the woman called her brother and husband, I assume those are two different people, (laughs) you wish, (laughs) to come to her aid. When the two men arrived, oh, there we go, a violent fist fight erupted. The woman gave a helping hand to her husband and brother by grabbing at the 42-year-old man's testicles and squeezing till the man collapsed in agony. Paramedics tried unsuccessfully to revive the man before he was rushed to the hospital where he died. He died from ball crushing. I didn't even know that was possible. Well, a San Diego urologist, Dr. Urban Goldstein, explained that it is possible to kill a man by squeezing his testicles. His name's Goldstein, so I'll do a terrible Jewish accent here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait. Yes, the testicles are exquisitely sensitive to touch, and there is a huge release of adrenaline when there is excessive force applied to those organs. Testicular pain is referred to the lower abdomen, mesenteric plexus, and causes men to stop abruptly what they are doing, lie on the ground, close their eyes, and bend their knees. A heart attack would certainly result from severe testicular pain from squeezing. To squeeze the guy's balls until he died, that's something. When she's in jail, she's getting some serious cred. It fits with Wrath, too, because he's already getting beat up by two guys. Yeah. Yeah. Over a parking space. Over a parking space. In front of his store. Yeah. Yes. And then she comes in during the beating and just grabs his balls and squeezes really hard. Yes. That's the important point is that it's his store at his spot. So he may have been overwrought. He may have said some nasty things. But at the heart of it, he's not wrong. It's his shop. Please don't waste the parking spot. So here's the question. She's obviously going to get tried for murder. Are the husband and the brother also going to be up for murder or just assault? 
What do you think? I put a call in to the Chinese consulate, but they haven't gotten back to me yet. Yeah. <laughs> Columbus was the discoverer of America, and he sailed to sea in 1492. But the good Queen Isabella found a more attractive fella, and Columbus wound up in the juggernaut. Oh, let that be a lesson to you. Everybody meets his Waterloo. You telling me? <clears throat> he wasn't too big to end up behind the eight ball. And remember, buddy, there's still lots of room for you. Baba do 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 follow-up that might actually touch on three different episodes oh is that would that be a new record is it shark attack feces and rats Ooh, ooh, no i'm gonna go with volcano Uh uh-huh vlad the impaler air disasters and air disasters so vlad the impaler Got launched into the air (laughs) by an exploding volcano (laughs) and plowed through a jet engine causing it to crash. This is the worst betting pool ever. (laughs) (laughs) This is from Brazil. I'd like to thank listener Holtzman for sending this in. Holtzman? He sent me a link to a a news article, but actually gleaned uh, quite a bit more information from local sources. So I'm going to read basically what what he sent me here. Yeah, he's Uh from Brazil. Uh, In Garanhuns, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, a small town in the northeastern state of Pernambuco, three people were arrested on multiple counts of kidnapping, murder, hiding of body, fraud, and offenses against public health. The three, a 52-year-old married couple and 25-year-old female, were all lovers and frequently moved from town to town. Human bones Already were found. Already judging them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's doing well. Yeah. 
Human bones were found buried in the backyard of the last house they had rented, and the three admitted to kidnapping, murdering, and then eating their victims. Okay, so this is cannibalism. This is kidnapping. Right. And cults. And cults? And cults, because they described themselves as part of a cult called the cartel, which preached the reduction and purification of global population figures. The plan, oh, so they're gonna, we're going to eat our way... <laughs> to a brighter future. To a brighter future. <laughs> the plan was to kill three women every year. According to them... That, that's a very small chunk. Yeah, I was about to say, they need to step up their production <laughs> what's, quite what's, a bit. What's their recruiting policy? I agree. Overpopulation. According to the cultists, once they arrived at a new city, a, quote, spiritual entity pointed out their targets. Described by them as, quote, evil people, the victims were lured into their house with a false job call for babysitters. Uh-huh. Once Ooh, public there, service announcement. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, do they think that only three people a year are born? Is that... I, the, the, maybe they, they just do... figured there's three of them, so they do one oh, a piece it's per like, year. It's, it's basically paying that extra when you if fly. If I can only eat one your... person a year, I'm doing my part. Yeah, it, it's like paying the extra money when you take a flight to uh, to offset your carbon footprint. Or it's possible they're all on a calorie-reduced diet and can uh, only eat three people per year to ke- keep under that caloric goal. I don't right. know. This, this is like the Brazilian cannibal version of Atkins. Once they got the victims there, they butchered them and ate their flesh to purify their souls. Whose souls were purified was not specified. <laughs> the leftovers were stored in a refrigerator and consumed during the following weeks. <laughs> yes, they, they purified the souls of the person they ate. <laughs> yeah. And it came out as pure soul out of their buttholes. <laughs> the thighs, pure butthole soul. I love it. The thighs and buttocks of the victims were also used to bake empanadas which were eaten by the group and also sold to the unwitting population of the town. Oh, this that is... That gets us into a fourth topic of food. Yeah, this is like a... <laughs> this, is, this is a Picton. This is a Robert Picton, our oh, local God. serial killer, who uh, fed his victims to his pigs yeah. and then butchered the pigs and sold them at market. Police seized a book written and illustrated by the man, who was the leader of the group, which described their philosophy and history and also identified him as a black belt in karate. Oh, good. That's the important thing to list at the top of your resume whenever you're, uh, you know, uh, laying out your population-reducing cannibal philosophy. Black belt and karate, are, it's our, also our uh, hand-to-hand combat episode. Police also found a five-year-old girl living in the house, as well as two different birth certificates. One of the cultists told police that the girl was the daughter of a woman they had murdered in 2008 and whose identity they stole. Oh, adoption. <laughs> we haven't done an adoption episode yet. She had been fed the same food as the cannibals ate, and police reports that the girl was not only a witness to the murders, but was also able to describe them in detail. Oh, oh. she won't be traumatized. I'm sure she'll get over that in a gif. Tainted. Subsequent investigations revealed at least one woman had been murdered and butchered by the group in the neighboring state of Paraiba. One had been killed in the historic city of Olinda, and the group had been planning on killing another woman in a nearby town. And he noted, for the sake of full disclosure, those who ate the pasties the group sold across town later reported them to taste oddly bland with a very salty and mushy filling. Oh. Well, so now we well, know. it's all in the preparation, mm-hmm. right? Now I don't need to eat human beings. I now know what it's like. It's like a mushy empanada. Yeah, it doesn't sound good at all. I'm sure if you fried them up in the right oil, you get some crispness going on. Yeah, maybe they're just bad cooks. I think that's probably. Yeah. We need a cookbook. You uh, probably need some marinating. We need the Caustic Soda Cannibal Cookbook. To serve man. <laughs> <laughs> I like Holtzman's uh, addendum that it is unclear whether the flavor and texture were due to the ingredients used or the cultist's lack of skill as bakers. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't now, think he had a black belt in bakery. Now, given that how many people liken humans going back to the cannibal episode, human to pig yeah 
I think it was the Bakers. I yeah. think it had well, to be. Long pig. And you also got to be uh, c- considering the material because they're luring young women who are poor and looking for work as a babysitter. They probably weren't very plump. They probably hadn't been like softened up by a soft life. They probably oh. were poor people in Brazil. And, uh, you know, that's pretty hard living if, uh, you know, you're on the wrong side of the tracks. Down All there. I know is it brought up the part about the baking them in empanadas and one half of me was horrified and the other one was, that sounds mm, delicious. Empanadas. <laughs> We know we're Let's still, all go for empanadas yeah, after. Yeah, we're <laughs> Mexican food for dinner. Well, Joe got me beat. The best I had was one that overlapped with two. So, oh, what's that? Near doomed expedition, uh, expedition and sharks. Okay, that's okay, all, that's the best I could do. This sounds promising. Lay it on us. There's a gentleman by the name of Jan Lazuski from Poland, who's a bit of a, an extreme adventurer. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He's done a lot of kite surfing attempts, like over long distances. Okay. And uh, he was uh, attempting to cross the Red Sea. Right, the Red Sea. On a sea. kite surf, kite Where, surfing. Where's the Red Sea again? It's, it's between Sudan and Saudi Arabia. It's, right. it's, it's a bit narrow too, so, but it actually, you know, scale-wise is quite So I guess too. the question is, is he going across it or is he going lengthwise? Because lengthwise. <laughs> lengthwise would be very impressive. You know, width-wise, pss, pss. Okay, he was trying to go from the Egyptian town of El Guna up at the top, yeah, okay, uh-huh. to to Duba in Saudi Arabia. Uh-huh. Uh, and they say it was a 124-mile trip, to give you some idea. Okay. okay. Now, he gets about two-thirds of the way across. So 124 so miles. So somewhere's right around there, yes. 124 miles is what, like 180 kilometers kind of thing? Times 1.6, yeah. 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 So he gets two-thirds of the way across, and the wind goes away. Uh, it's difficult to kite surf without wind. Without wind. His I, sail no- deflates. I'm no kite surfer, but I suspect. <laughs> and he's, he's, uh, he's stuck. Okay. Now, now for the, the first night, to give you some idea. Oh, <laughs> he's stuck out in this overnight in the Red they Sea. They say he survived the ordeal, but actually this part sounds kind of relaxing because he's floating out in the middle of the, you know, like the, the, the Red Sea. Ocean yeah. Survived the ordeal by nourishing himself with two energy bars, some water, and energy drink. Okay. So he's doing all right. So he came in prepared. Yep. Came prepared for a possible deflation. Ballast on his uh, yeah. <laughs> board. Uh-huh. Um, he sent up flares, fishing boats, but they didn't notice him. Um, so basically, he's sitting around waiting. Goes through an entire night. Gets to the next day. Let's see. After waiting an hour and a half, no winds came back, but waves had built up and night was arriving. And he called SOS. Then again, called again three hours later. Shot flares out to passing fishermen, but was not noticed. Maybe people were just ignoring him because they thought he was an idiot, right? It's like, no, no, this is the hoisted on your own petard moment. This is, uh, you're getting what you deserve. Uh, we don't we don't cotton to this sort of idiocy in, in the Middle East. You can get away with this in like podunk, <laughs> you know, backwoods, Wisconsin. He's 60 miles out from shore. What is he doing here? Yeah, exactly. Or maybe they just don't believe it. They hear an SOS and they get the binoculars out looking for a ship and they're not noticing some little dude balancing, sitting on a kite. Well, the flare should have, should have, should have uh, been somewhat of a giveaway. But yeah. anyways, I'm not, I'm not wrong. He actually described the first night stuck at sea as peaceful. All right. He made a raft with his board and uh, drifted about. The second night, however, uh, winds... <laughs> Insufficient winds to get going again, I guess. Mm-hmm. Pushed him into a reef where sharks were in the vicinity. Uh, uh, they were about two and a half to six meters. Oh, six meters is the feet. upper limit. Is pretty much the largest great white shark that's ever been found. So I'm not saying it's lying, but 
This it is sounds fishy. <laughs> this is his quote. He said they were sounds about sharky. Two and a half to six meters. They attacked me through my kite, which must have also attracted them because of its color. I stabbed them in the eyes, nose, and gills. The fight, which I've miraculously survived, took the whole night. By morning, they were gone. There were 11 of them. And so that actually gives credit to that he's not entirely full of shit. He may have misjudged their size, but, you know. There was like three of them, and they were biting each other and forming a shark train. A a six-meter shark train. But if you're going to lie, 11 is a really underwhelming number to lie that... I fought off 11 sharks. I don't know. That sounds like a a lot. I would have gone with one. How can you possibly (laughs) count 11 sharks too, right? Like they're not going to be. They were all lined up. Yeah. If (laughs) if you have 11 18 foot sharks. Okay. We'll amend amend the article that he fought off 11 sharks or one shark 11 times. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That was somewhere. Well, it has to be it. Okay. There has. Sorry. He fought off two sharks. Five and a half times. Each. <laughs> because yeah. at least one had to be two and a half meters and the other had to be somewhere closer to six. Okay. He yeah. had a couple of sides. There you go. A military boat finally saw him and rescued him and he attributes it to his brother who made him take a knife on the trip. He's done it before too. Like there was, it was listing off other things that he's successfully uh, All used right. his kite so he's, uh, so he's an idiot multiple times over. I've got a deformity follow-up. Deformity, it's your favorite. <sighs> It's up there. You, uh, it's your favorite episode, man. It's like the, it's the the eldest child. You just like love deformity to the to the the, the detriment of all other episodes. April two thousand twelve, Pakistan. Pakistani doctors at the National Institute of Child Health in Karachi are fighting to save the life of a baby born with six legs. Whoa! The doctors believe the baby is one of a pair of parasitic twins. According to Jamal Raza, director of the National Institute of Child Health in Karachi, the baby's conjoined twin was born incompletely developed. In strict medical terms, the baby does not have six legs, only two, and that the other four legs are the limbs of its conjoined twin. Uh Uh, Operating on such a baby is not an easy task. We need to figure out whether the baby has his twin's limbs or his own we also need to consider how much the internal organs have developed, as the latter could complicate matters and decrease the baby's chances of surviving. Uh, the mother is recovering from the birth, and she's in good health. They're planning to name their son Umar Farak, which... Uh, which means six-legged one? Uh, it means fast runner. <laughs> nice. No, it doesn't. Speedy Gonzalez. But there's already an update. There's already an update. A baby has had four of the six legs he was born with successfully removed. Yay! The boy underwent eight hours of surgery, and Dr. Jamal Raza announced the operation had been a success. Gynecologist and president of the Pakistan Medical Association, Dr. Hashmi, said the baby's abnormalities could have been caused by several factors, including improper medicines taken by his mother during pregnancy and contaminated water. And then I also have listener mail on on deformities from Derek. Uh, he said, we were talking about thalidomide babies in our deformity episode. Right. You yes, recall? Of course. He said, I think the issue with thalidomide has to do with the active molecule shapes. Molecules can often come in left and right varieties, mirror images of each other with the same constituents. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, these can have massively different effects on biological creatures. In fact, I think most molecules in biology are left-handed just by chance. Uh, anyway, left-handed thalidomide was great for nausea, but they accidentally started including the right-handed variety without realizing it and thus didn't filter them out. And that caused the birth defect. So I did a little research. Uh-huh. And in fact, uh, chirality 
C-H-I-R-A-L-I-T-Y. Right. Uh, an object or a system is chiral if it is not identified if it is not identical to its mirror image, that is, it cannot be superposed onto it. A chiral object and its mirror image are called enantiomorphs. Ooh. Enantiomorphs. That's the monster in the new Alien movie. <laughs> the enantiomorph? Mm-hmm. Or when referring to molecules, enantiomers. A non-chiral object is called achiral. And thalidomide is a sedative drug that was prescribed by two pregnant women from 1957 into the early 60s taken during the first trimester of pregnancy, mm-hmm. prevented the proper growth of the fetus, resulting in horrific birth defects in thousands of children around the world because the thalidomide molecule is chiral. There are left and right-handed thalidomides just as there are left and right hands. The drug that was marketed was a 50-50 mixture. One of molecules, say the left one, was a sedative, whereas the right one was found later to cause fetal abnormalities. The tragedy is claimed to have been entirely avoidable had the physiological properties of the individual thalidomide molecules been tested prior to commercialization. Yeah. Well, there you go. So you there is actually, there's actually a safe version of thalidomide. Yeah. And aspartame, aspartame is a sweetening agent more than 100 times sweeter than sucrose, and yet the mirror image molecule is bitter. Hmm. Ah, well, th- so these are it's like, like bizarro. Evil. Yeah. <laughs> Good this and evil. Bizarro molecule. Yeah, this is, a, this is a molecule that has a little black goatee on it. Exactly. Mm. Correct. I have a feces follow-up. Oh, goody. Oh. <laughs> is it from earlier this morning? <laughs> no, it's from March of this year. Okay. Was, <laughs> I had my feces follow-up during our break. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, the scientists uh, have... <laughs> Pig farms are exploding. There. There's the... There's pig the farms lead. are exploding. Yeah, don't bury that lead. There's um, uh, pig farms. There's some sort of bacteria. They're still trying to get to the bottom of An it. An exploding bacteria? No, it causes, it gets to the feces and it causes it to bubble. They describe it as being like melted nerf. Nerf? What's well, nerf? Nerf. The nerf foam, basically. Okay. I don't know when the last time you got shot by a nerf dart was, but they're not wrong. The, 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 new, the new generation of nerf darts currently have an orange head and a, right. a black bubbly foam nerf body to okay. okay so imagine you know black nerf bubbly foam sure packing right. foam whatever i'm trying okay okay and this is pig feces this is this is what they're describing it as a bubbly of of the the pig feces okay and it's emitting a gas the gas is explosive now it it's i mean you think it's pig poop so there's got to be a certain amount of methane and all that too and this is something new that's happening <clears throat> yeah like so, this is this there's there's this is something particular now to now. Like pig farms have not been exploding generally right. prior to now, it's, and speci- not specifically because there's a bacteria that's actually making it foam up. Are they feeding the pigs nerfs? <laughs> From a filmmaker's perspective, this is a You're great. All over it. This is a great development because now that the MythBusters have proven that if you shoot a propane tank, it won't explode like we've seen in all the movies. They can send all the actors to pig farms, right. and now we can explode the pig farms, right. and that's and that would actually happen. So, good science. We can now weave good science into our uh, into our action movies. So, Thank you, weird pig feces. Um, mm-hmm. This report <laughs> is from uh, March of this year, but since two thousand and nine, six farms have blown up after God. methane trapped. See, this is the thing: pig feces produces methane and all yes, that, but it just kind of methane. You know, it it's gas. It's a it gas. dissolves it away, dis- disperses well, away. Mm-hmm. The foam is holding it. So it builds up and builds up and builds up. And since then, six farms have blown up after methane trapped in an unidentified pit-topping foam caught a spark. 
In the afflicted region, the fo- which is the Midwest, basically, the foam is found in roughly one in four hog farms. Maybe this oh. ties into the whole bee colony collapse. The pig farms are right next to the beehives. The bees are eating the pig shit and making <laughs> black nerf honey. Uh-huh. Yeah. I yeah, agree with going with this. <laughs> some kind of crazy. No, I, don't, yeah, I, don't, I don't know where I'm going. They're, they're no longer honeycombs. They're now fecicombs. Fecicombs. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. trapping trapping the methane underneath it. Well, I would like to know more about what's happening. And they don't they don't they don't know quite know. Like they they know what mechanism is happening, but it's kind of a new what the like phenomenon. Yeah, so they they know that this methane trap is causing pig farms to explode. They don't know what's creating the foam that's causing it's, the methane to get it's trapped. It's kind of a sweet spot of of things happening. So for example, uh the bacteria is kind of baffling them. The bacteria produces methane, but that's kind of not new. It's a perfect shitstorm. The foam ah. that it's the foam that it's creating is new and unusual to them. Like this effect yeah. of it getting trapped. Yeah. What these farms that are blowing up are not any old farms. They're the like industrial pig farms, which means lots of pigs, and the pigs wander around their pen, which allows the feces to drop down into pits. Okay. Now the pits get cleared out periodically, but right. the thing is, this bacteria. This is why they called it a pit topping foam. The bacteria goes to work and it bubbles up till it reaches. Like it starts coming back up through the grate. Yeah. So now, when you say that a pig farm explodes, mm-hmm. <laughs> are what are the fate? What are the casualties? Like, how big are these explosions? Oh man! Well, here you go. Get down I, there for breakfast because you got like the best bacon, freshest bacon ever. Here's, yeah, but here's, it's covered in exploded pig shit. <sighs> Methane. Can you just brush it off? Five second rule. Five second rule. <laughs> To get in, if you get your bacon five seconds after a meal, did you hear that? Yeah. Grab your fork. <laughs> yeah, is that is that town. maple or chipotle? Like, what is that? Next I'm, town over. A it's voice a booming over the exploded pig farm. Five, <laughs> four, <laughs> three. Uh, methane is a natural byproduct and is typically dispersed by fans before it reaches explosive levels. But inside the foam's bubbles, methane reaches levels of 60 to 70% or more than four times what's considered dangerous. The foam can reach depths of more than four feet, disturb the bubbles, and enormous quantities of methane are released in a very short time at a spark from, say, a bit of routine metal repair, as happened in a September 2011 accident that killed 1,500 hogs and injured a worker. That is awesome. Yeah. So there to give you some God. idea of the breakfast carnage. for everyone. Fifteen <laughs> oh. hundred oh hogs. God. And they're cooked. You know what the, the benefit of this thing too is? Everybody who ever said when pigs fly just had to like come oh, make they good. Had to do all those things they, had to they do said all those they wouldn't things. do exactly. until pigs flew. <laughs> Scientists are kind of combing through it now. They don't they don't think it's an unknown bacteria. It's not from space? No, nothing like that. Andromeda Andromeda strain too. Mm. Bacteria from space make a pig farms explode. (laughs) I'm going to call it right now global warming. There. Uh, that they put one of them down. Like there's there were um, wastewater treatment plants that had similar looking foam, but the bacteria that they had doesn't always survive in all climate, and they didn't think it could survive in the climates of a manure pit. But they're wondering, for example, if environmental changes uh, have opened that door. They also wonder about, um, what did they say here, a rise in use of a distiller's grain, feeding those to pigs. Oh, okay. Uh, Mm. Feeding them uh, different 
ju- like corn, genetically modified corn. Oh, the, it's the Franken food. That may be a Franken. It's food the Franken food. Uh, and changes in water use, antibiotic distribution. There's a whole bunch of things right. that it comes down to. But really, they're not sure. We'll find out later. Yeah. yeah. All right. Like I said, if it wasn't for certain converging of things, like if this was just if we didn't have industrial levels of pig production, yeah. we probably wouldn't notice it because it, the pigs would just, you know, there wouldn't be this buildup of of a poop. Yeah. You know, this is it definitely we're going to have to do a follow-up on this follow-up when they figure out what actually made them explode. Let's put it this way. If it's happened a handful of times over the last three years and you're losing 1,000-plus pigs a go, potentially. They're looking into it. That's serious. Like a pig can be worth $1,000 pretty easily. Yeah. So 1,500 pigs is $1.5 million. $1.5 million. And that, that just impacts bacon prices. And I think we all know how I feel about bacon. So. <laughs> and this is one of the few things that bugs me about the internet. If I When I look up this article, all I find is yeah. the initial explosion of... Uh, sorry for that term. <laughs> is the initial appearance of all these news stories about, oh my goodness, pig farms are exploding and it's right. this mysterious gray goo. And I'm like, okay, it's now been several months surely the millionaire farmers who have lost a million and a half dollars have gone, look, fi- figure it out so it doesn't happen again. And some scientist has figured it out, but there's no news article about that. No. no. Probably because it's not as interesting to go, oh, we found out it's this bacteria. And if you put this into the manure pit, it'll stop it. And yeah. that's not much news. Yeah. That that may end up being where it's going. They're just going to have to figure out a way to get the poop out of it, there it may sooner even, rather than later. It may have happened already. It may yeah. have and happened it's just, already. And it's just that's not an interesting news but story. But like they said, the, what they were listing out there as possible reasons, like those could yeah. take decades of research to try mm-hmm. to figure out whether those were the causes or not. So mm-hmm. either killing the bacteria or getting the its, its food source out of there, the poop, will take care of that. Lesser of two evils. <laughs> Which is the lesser of two evils? Having your testicles crushed, and we're all men here, so we can all speak to this. All right, okay. As opposed to doing it theoretically. Yeah. Thank God the story wasn't about having your vagina crushed. Or having uh, brain tapeworms. Oh. Brain tapeworms. Oh, now hold on I have second. my answer. I have my yeah, answer. I got if, my answer. Oh, well, my God. What? I need a clarification. <laughs> I need a clarification. Yeah, that's what we're here for. Uh. Do your testicles get crushed to the point where you die? Yes. Oh, okay. Do, do the brain tapeworms kill you? Not necessarily. Probably. Probably. But if they don't... You can just have seizures. Coma. And... Seizures for the rest of your life. Blindness. Can't walk a straight line. Uh-huh. Terrible, I know. Uh-huh. Uh, hydrocephalus. I don't know what that... That's uh, swelling ex- in the brain. Swelling yeah. in the brain. Yeah. Yeah. Which water, water, water in the brain. Right. Yeah. Um, and uh, seizures for years and years afterwards. But I still have my junk, right? And you're alive. And you're alive. And I'm alive. Is it too easy? It's too Is easy. Everyone no. gets let's say Let's say that you're not necessarily dying from the testicle crushing. Yeah, there's only a chance of But you we're dying. talking about the worst testicle crushing. Yeah, let's the, say it's testicles. crushed so much that they got to get rid of them. Like that's they, right. That's how, like, and it's not just you lose them, but it's that painful and that horrible. They literally get crushed. Okay, so- Testicles being crushed until they're they're, they're 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 the point of no use to you whatsoever, and you may have a heart attack and die. They but, eh, they are now just inconvenient, a little uh, sachet of uh, not much of anything useful anymore. Yeah, they're and not, this, they're now a paste. And this is different bag. than the castrati lesser tools we had because we were already mature. Yeah. we've had long lives with promiscuousness. Yeah. and so forth. <laughs> different levels of it. From, yeah, you know, myself included. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, so we know what we're missing for starters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is like being sighted and going blind as opposed to being born blind. Right. And then a brain tapeworm where it is, you know, a horrible, uh, 
um, horrible neurological effect yeah. and yeah. possible death. These are the two favorite things in my body. Yeah. Well, I mean, parts of. I mean, I, the balls are part of one of my favorite. <laughs> your favorite region. What have you yeah, got against your hands? I, well, What's wrong with your ears? Listen, the good thing about my hands is they service my other parts. The other parts. The area. They, now, I wish we had... You were talking about your brain, right? They service your brain. That's right. Yeah they, yeah, they put food in the mouth to power the brain. I wish we had a medical expertise so we could find out what exactly uh, the function of the genitals would be without the testicles. There will Not be, much of anything. No, no. There'll, there'll be hormonal side effects. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. But uh, you you will not be Can able. you get it up? Yeah. At first, a man who has been castrated will still have a sexual urge. Over time, however, because he's no longer producing testosterone, he'll lose much of his libido or sexual desire. So a castrated man can actually get an erection, have sex, and orgasm. Although he won't have any sperm. Okay. 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 All right. I win. He I win on win. the internet. Yes. With increased stimulation. Uh, okay. So it's more difficult. Right. Okay. You know what? Go to Yahoo Answers. I want to see what Yahoo Answers has to say about this. Yeah, let's let me uh, go to ya- Yahoo I, Answers. I know. I want the fourteen-year-old from Cincinnati yeah. that got voted the number one answer. Yeah. I want to know what he says. Here we go. Only, <laughs> only if they are aroused. <laughs> Best answer from Yahoo. Three votes. Three three votes. Seven years ago to the to the question: Can <sighs> Unix have an erection? Yahoo Answers officially says. Only if they are aroused. And they spelled aroused with two R's. Mm-hmm. Aroused. That means by a <laughs> That's pirate. not an answer. That's like a grade school joke is what that is. Uh, like that is some grade five thinks he's got the secret to comedy worked out and writes that. So we're going to say it'll take, what does it take? <laughs> to get you an erection? <laughs> get an erection. Uh, <laughs> a, uh, a, a heck of a lot of uh, work and focus and like focus. You got to stay focused. Anything distracts you, you lose it. You got to be a man on a mission. You got to be one track mind. I have a response for a man who's castrated in 1985. He can still enjoy sex with a woman, uh, even though his balls were removed 20 years ago. All right. But well, there are issues with rigidity. So it's difficult. Yes. Yeah, right. Sex can be defined in many ways. You could probably yeah. take hormone treatments. You know, you could probably buy testosterone that will help with that. All right. So back to the question. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Your balls are useless. Difficult. Or it's possible to have sex, but you have issues with rigidity. Yeah, this is best case scenario. This best case scenario. Worst case scenario is it's you all die. completely you die. you die. Yeah, exactly. Uh, or tapeworms in your brain. Well, you could also die. Cause all sorts of neurological problems. Yeah, and there's a chance of dying. And your brain has become Swiss cheese. But there is a drug. That yeah. can get rid of There them. is treatment, yeah. There is a treatment. But There's it a, causes a, the problems that they cause. But they have a cocktail that reduces <laughs> the occurrence of those side effects. Yeah. They do, uh, I, I do want to point out that they do say that some of the cysts created are calcified. Yes. Which means that even with the drug treatment, you the cyst will remain and the, the, uh, yes. the, the uh, immune response. system response can still happen. Yes. Yeah. So, the, so drug, the drug is not uh, goes away, everything is a-okay. Plus, you've got worms in your brain. Yes. Yeah. Does anybody? Yeah, because the worms never go away. Even with the treatment, they just like they they just yeah. die. They now, don't. now that we've we've figured out what this is, now it's hard. Now it's difficult. Yeah. No, it's not. 
So, okay. <laughs> plus, we uh, also okay. have... I, I still know what my answer is. Plus, right. we also have the fact that we're all getting older. We may have problems with rigidity, rigidity soon or now or, you know, 10 years maybe? In the not-too-distant future anyway. Yeah. I refuse to comment. <laughs> <laughs> well, Stewie knows what his answer is, so I want to so, hear his. Yeah, go right ahead. I think I I'm, the, I'm the one man out, and it'll be a surprise to people who remember my answer to the lesser of two evils in the live episode uh-huh. because I'm going exactly the opposite way. <laughs> okay. I'm going for ball crushing. That, that's the okay. one you're going to take? That's the one I will take. You'll take the crushing okay. of the balls. What's the reasoning? The reasoning is, is if it's going to kill me, fine. It just, it kills me outright. It, like, but I, so painfully. <laughs> so painfully, but very, very short-lived. That guy didn't even make it to the hospital. Like crushed, True. put in ambulance, dead by the time he got there. That's not more than 15 minutes. Yeah. What if the only that's way you ter- can be... And that is a terrible 15 minutes. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. That is... Uh, that so is what you're saying unbearable. is surviving is worse? <laughs> Now, the surviving you guys have outlined is what? We're talking hours, like better part of a, the, the most miserable day of your life before they get in there and cut them, cut them off and you go and back give to you drugs fi- to make you, you go, make you go Hi, That's true. I feel fine. Actually, if you survive to the hospital, they are going to morphine you up. So you're talking about a bad half an hour is what it comes down to. And on the one hand, the bad half an hour ends in, in peaceful, blissful death, and the other one ends in peaceful, blissful morphine. I don't know. I, just, I picture like phantom ball pain for like the rest of your life. Like you kind of feel like they're uh, there and they're doing the thing and you're just like, just, thing. you're just twitchy for the yeah. rest of your life. Like, oh, get away from me. <laughs> Here's the you thing, can't see though. a doctor ever Here's again. Here's the thing, though. It's like, turn my head and cough. <laughs> Just start weeping uncontrollably. Well, you don't have to worry about testicular cancer anymore. <laughs> As Joe pointed out, yes, no testicular cancer. Joe has pointed out hormone treatments. I'm sure if they can keep give fake balls to dogs, they can give fake balls to me. Oh, now you want truck nuts? Yes. <laughs> truck nuts. Well, that, that's, that's, that's the, right, I will that's the redneck that. version. I will take that. I can, and I know that I can come, like, for lack of a better term, come to grips with that. <laughs> the idea of nice. worms in my brain yes. that are randomly fucking blind, your shit up. fucking your shit up. Yeah. Exactly. Nope. 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 Stewie. Nope. 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 Stewie. Capital N. Capital O. Stewie. Capital, capital P. Capital E. Exclamation Stewie. mark. Stewie. Nope. What? You've changed my mind. Okay. Oh. Hey. I win. None of the internet. Stewie has changed my mind. I agree with him. The, the, it, on every turn. Look, uh, my response to the ball crushing, now that we've figured all this other stuff, is very emotional. It's very, but I like those. Yes. Right? But but when I look at it very rationally and dispassionately, as Stewie has forced me to do, he's right. Like, oh, I hate that I have to say that, though. But he's right. <laughs> There's no coming to You hate her. saying that Chris Stewart is right, or you hate saying he's right about this particular I, well, issue? Yeah, but the, like, no, no, it has nothing to do with who is right. It's, right. it's that I have to, do, to, to recognize that part of my enjoyment with that area of my body is that I need my brain to do that. Uh-huh. Like, I, my brain starts malfunctioning. It doesn't matter if my junk doesn't work or not. Like, and we can fix hey, most of those. We read the side effects. I don't remember. I hear not walking in a straight line, but you could probably still hump in a straight line. But I could be in the middle of like some of the best sex of my life and then have a seizure. Yeah. Oh, that'd probably be good and then for it's her. Not f- <laughs> <laughs> well, At least she, she's doing something. Yeah. She Finally, Joe's the best. This she would the, probably think I was finished. Sex, yeah. <laughs> wow, that was a really good orgasm. <laughs> no. My my Joe, I'm, the human vibrator. I'm already having trouble with the fact that I will not be able to read most of the books ever written in my as, limited lifetime. Yeah. This gives me back 
several days of extra time. Let's just put it, you know. While you recover? Yeah, well, not while I recover, just in general. There's time saved. If I just decide I'm going to turn into, like, you know, one of those gossipy uh, courtesan guys like Game of Thrones, fine. You know what? That's just more time to read. My God. Fair enough. I think we have your next Halloween costume. You think? (laughs) I'm not not shaving my head, by the way. Oh, no, you have to do it. (laughs) Yeah, there's there's a small, uh, cutely parasitic uh, problem with that. My October is 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 very booked right now. I got it. Uh, so, uh, Torm, what do you think? Well, the irony is, as it stands right now, I can only get aroused if a 41-year-old Chinese woman are, is holding my ball sack. <laughs> and squeezing it I'm very conflicted. hard. So. I'm very conflicted. <laughs> um, well, and we should note that you've had... And I just had a vasectomy, so yeah. I feel like I wouldn't be getting my money's worth. <laughs> So out, guess, out of the vasectomy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you spent money for nothing. Exactly. Right? So I guess I'll take the brain worms. I guess I'll take the tapeworms in the brain. Gotcha. gotcha. It's all about value. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with the brain worms, too. Uh. <laughs> I'm going to go with the brain worms, too. And, and it's merely just because that is not as painful as the ball crushing. I can't get past you don't know that. Plus you agonizing pain. And and there's no promising that this pain will go away. Like you could like have recurring bouts of ball kick pain. Plus you love your sleep and coma is just like a big sleep. <laughs> there's nothing in that article that says specifically, but I I think the brain parasites may actually have some pain associated with well, them. Like but, there's gotta be some wicked bloody they, headaches they're, going with they're, it. They're, is there is a, a medical cure for it? There are some that actually, for uh, some unknown reason, go into your brain and then never have any effect whatsoever. Yeah. Plus, chicks dig brain scars. <laughs> I'm going to be semantic here. It's not. There's not a cure. There is a treatment. Yeah, and there are two different things. And you know, yeah. I bet you that nurse is yeah. pretty hot. Uh huh. <laughs> she may get turned on by your brain cysts. Yeah, and then that's the rest of your life. Uh, with that lovely lady. And there's a doctor. Love at first <laughs> cyst sight. That evil tyranny Jiminy Cricket is leading you down the wrong path here, <laughs> Pinocchio. There's a there's a doctor who only treats like twelve patients a year, so you pretty much get like, you know, yeah. full time uh mono a doctor yes, service. Because you're horribly sick for the rest of your life. Not necessarily. I'm I'm doing I'm bringing back a callback from the live episode. My my catchphrase: What is wrong with you people? It's such a weird feeling to know you're alive. It's such an awful feeling. You're dying inside, and when you wake up, startled to say, "I hope I don't go crazy." Zzz,
Caustic Soda was recorded by Mike Leeson while he was receiving maggot therapy. To comment on episodes, make a donation, see show notes, links, and videos, visit causticsodapodcast.com. Rate and review us on iTunes. Visit us on Facebook. Email us at info at causticsodapodcast.com. Susan, 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 Susan,